<laughs> it's the Gift of Gamer podcast. It's the end of another month. Say goodbye to May, but say hello to May's news. It's me, your host here, forever, never leaving, Darren Wade, and I'm joined by the true anchor men for all things news, uh, Mr. Xbox Games Pass himself, Luke Maycock. Luke, how are you keeping? Hey, Darren, I'm not too bad. I'm doing good. Feels good to be back. It's been, I don't think I've been on since the last news episode. It's been a hot minute, man. It's a whole month since, you know, without the sweet, sultry sound of your voice. Feels nice. I'm excited. Yeah. And I'm also... Month, though. Good yeah. Good month of news. And that, that, that voice you hear just there is uh, the PC playing console Hayden... Lore finding it's lore seeking Canadian himself, Chris Robbins. Chris, I almost got your name. I'll get uh, it. I'll get it right next time. Well, I mean, yeah, it's just going to be like one of those memory uh, games you have to do every day. Yeah, make myself better. How are you, man? Well, I'm doing pretty well. How are you, uh, how are things with you? Good, good. I was just kind of telling you guys before we came in. I just uh, pre-ordered my Final Fantasy 16 Deluxe Edition physical copy because it comes with a cloth map. Mm. <laughs> <Cloth>. <laughs> yep. That's there where they got you. Eh? No, that's that. That's all it takes, Chris. A cloth in, map. In fairness, I can't rag on you too much because I think the last like collector's edition game I bought was Dark Souls Two, and it came with a map that I was pretty stoked about. Yeah, I, I was. <laughs> but I got just... it, and I was just like, "Oh, this kind of actually feels like shit." <laughs> like this, <laughs> this, and, then, this, and then you play the game. And I you regretted were like, everything with that purchase, but hopefully yours is great. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna be fine. <laughs> Don't My only fear is because I'm very pumped to play Final Fantasy 16. Like super, super excited. Uh, very excited to see if the Final Fantasy um, genre is 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 back up and running again after what was like I wouldn't say a full failure, but like 15 wasn't ideal. So I'm really excited to see if it comes. Has together. It been a good mainstream one? in a while I, I, would mean, say, I would say since 10 yeah that's that's I mean and some people might say that's a bit harsh a lot of people like uh, 12 I think the storyline in 12 is great but like the likes of 13 is crap I think it's crap uh, mm. 14 is amazing but it's an MMO it doesn't count yeah um, and then 15 was uh, it was a fun road trip but not a great game the fishing was fun well, and that's, well, it wasn't that's even that bad. fun of a road trip <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair it was just do you know what it was it was our road trip like with all the horribleness that comes with the road trip as well car breaking down <laughs> breaking down being assholes yeah yeah, yeah, yeah it was go good figure shit out. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah no so I'm ex- super excited for that but my worry is that whole thing because we were just having a little discussion which we probably will put into an episode about the, the whole digital versus physical and I'm really excited to play it but I do hope it arrives on the day I've heard a lot of stories interestingly enough uh, during COVID I had ordered from GameStop I had pre-ordered The Last of Us Part 2 and I had pre-ordered some other game that came out around the time Final Fantasy 7 Remake Final Fantasy 7 Remake was two days late which broke my heart The Last of Us Part 2 was three days early I had a copy of that before Wild. it was ever yeah. yeah so they just arrived at my house and I was like what the hell is this so you know it's uh, I don't know if it's yeah. gonna come on time or not but we'll see we'll see you know I, harkening back to we made a while ago we made a pizza bet on this here podcast about the release window of Final Fantasy I was ever skeptical of <clears throat> Square's horrible track record mm-hmm. of delivering a mainstream Final Fantasy or Kingdom Hearts title when they say they're going to this will I'm pretty sure this will literally be the first if they succeed now if you get your copy in July <laughs> does that still count as a delayed release well, I mean for me <laughs> no, for, I don't think so no. for me personally yes Luke but I mean as the official release you're still going to be getting me and Chris a slice of pizza like, you know uh, okay, okay. but it, it is it, you know it is funny because that was back in that was like our second or third episode that we I think that was our 
first. It was, it was part of the games announcement. Oh, it, it, yeah, So our yeah. first episode was the Game Awards that we did, and our next mm-hmm. one was our most anticipated games. And I brought up oh, Fat right. Fantasy. Right. And I right. think Luke was yeah. saying that, like, oh, listen, Fat Chance is coming out in June. And I was like, well... And I, I didn't really believe what I was saying because of their track record, but you like <laughs> to have the faith, you know? But that being said, I am, like, quite chuffed that it is. And, it like, you know, they released... Uh, or they um, cut out the embargo for people talking about it. Loads of people were given, like, eight-hour, you know demo playthroughs of certain sections of the game and apart from some performance issues in terms of like frame rate drops and stuff like that everybody is absolutely singing its praises and say it could possibly be the only thing this year that could dethrone sell the tears of the kingdom mm, for a game yeah. of the year ah, that's I, I, you know I, I, am, I am underlining the word <laughs> yeah. could i'm not saying it will but i, I think zelda could. just i know it's final fantasy but i think zelda just it's that fan base it's yeah. just that much bigger and it's been huge. The reviews have been yeah, like pretty much eleven out of tens across the board. Like <laughs> yeah, that yeah, game. It's been, so it's been cool. Yeah. So, so I, I actually did something very uncharacteristic of myself. I also pre-purchased <gasps> a triple A. What triple A game did you fudge. buy, Chris? What the fudge? SF six or uh, Street Fighter six. Oh is, wow! Okay. It is confirmed. I am. Yeah. Nice. I'm going to be playing that on Friday. And so this was your... Oh, so you and me, actually, Chris, have a, a separate bet based on fighting games ourselves. Tekken, yep. Tekken, you challenged me to Tekken. I, I, so. I'm going to jump... I've been playing Tekken 7 to gear up for Street Fighter 6, actually. Nice. As well as... Well, the demo only got me so far. And the open beta for Street Fighter 6, which I was in, is was a bit shaky. And your thoughts... I mean, you've pre-ordered it, which is very against your character. So you're obviously quite excited about what you played and saw. Uh, yep. Yeah. I'm um, very, very stoked. And it seems like, well, I mean, I think we're going to touch up a bit on Street Fighter Six in this episode, so I'll bring it up more. But I, Capcom seems to be putting a lot of eggs in this basket. And so. and Capcom have been killing it mm-hmm. so far. Like, you know, since, you know, since Monster Hunter Sunrise on the Switch and everything like that, I've, you know, they're dropping bombs up front and center and I'm very excited. Uh, look, have you been playing anything wild or weird or interesting? Have you pre-ordered a AAA game? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> no, never. never Stay never. strong, man. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be one of the unfaithful. I was tempted with, uh, with Tears of the Kingdom coming out. Mm. Jesus, mm. I was tempted to pre-order that. Um, financial situations didn't line up properly for that to happen so it'll be another month or two before i get that in my hands but uh to answer your original question i've been playing anything weird yes pretty much always i'm playing something weird um my game pass pick at the moment is immortality do you remember that going up for a bunch of game awards yes. back in it's the ooh, how to describe it it is a uh it's a it's a game where you look through a lot of film on a moviola and, and it's a, it's a real um, real actors and actresses actually acting out certain scenes. Is that the one I'm thinking? Oh about? yeah, yeah. yeah, it's, yeah, all, yeah. it's yeah. all live action. The yeah. whole thing is live action. Um, and you're just picking pieces of film and doing something with them. And the part of the freaky fun of the game is figuring out what the fuck is going on. Why do I have a collection of clips on Moviola? You can press on the Xbox. You can press the Y button at any stage to look around the screen. And you can pick you can pick certain things, and they will link you to another clip in the collect connection. And the game is kind of trying to figure out what the fuck, what's the connection? Wh- why are they doing this? Mm-hmm. Why does the controller rumble over certain parts of certain <laughs> scenes? And things get really creepy really fast. Uh, so, oh, like creepy. Oh, yeah. It's very psychological thriller horror kind of genre game. And it doesn't bill itself. Well, it, it might, but it's a game that benefits, the experience benefits a lot from not knowing a lot about it. So I won't say anything else. Uh, but having fun with that. Um, uh, other than that, I have been playing. I've been making a game actually. Oh, 
just for funsies. Pray yeah. tell, or yeah. do you do you want to do you want to hold off your your oh, your secrets until no, you I'm, until I'm you? Very down to talk about it. It's a tiny little game. It's um, uh, it's we a game have, called Pong. <laughs> it's, yeah. So there's going to be two paddles, <laughs> one on either side of the screen, and a dot, and you can't let it. Um, uh, we have in work we have an art club, and every month there's a new prompt for the art club, and the prompt uh, this month was cowboys. And I had been messing around a little bit with uh, the Pico 8 fantasy system. I don't mm-hmm. know if you guys are super familiar. Chris um, seems to know. I have no fucking idea. It's just like an 8 bit overlay for oh, games. Oh, yeah. yes. Sorry. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'm in. There's like a mini game in Celeste where you can yes. do like. Yeah. 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 I know the exact so you, one. You can yeah. play all of those Celeste games on the Pico 8. All the cartridges, cartridges in air quotes, on it are free. They're all PNGs. Like they, that's the format that you save it in. It contains all the code and everything. Mm-hmm. Really limited memory and really limited like thing like uh tools that you can use to make your game you've basic pixel art you've basic uh music making in it and you have a little uh script editor for like text editor for writing your code and you have a little terminal window for running your code and running the game and that's it that's the whole thing so i've been working on a game called ned dead redemption nice i was it was literally (laughs) i was literally gonna say are you making a red dead redemption 3 luke like you know i'm doing a ned dead redemption where you play as ned flanders in the wild west and you go, you get challenged by various roaming cowboys to a duel. And you have basically three buttons that you use. You use a combination. There's basically two buttons for the Pico 8. So imagine a Game Boy controller and you have a D-pad as well. It's basically the whole control scheme. But in this game, in a duel, you will use one button to swing your poncho back, another button to draw your gun, and another button to shoot. And you are honor bound because you're Ned Flanders to do the, all the fights honorably and properly and follow the proper timing. And so it's a time-based reaction game mm-hmm. and you have an honor gauge. You don't have a health gauge because you never miss. You're the fastest hand in the West. <laughs> but as you progress through the game... <laughs> Oakley, Oakley, I love that. Like, you know. As you progress through the game, you start to come across more uh, unsavory characters who might cheat in a duel and you have to start to weigh up whether you're going to sacrifice your honor in order to stay alive or to stay the best hand in the west uh so that's ned ned dead redemption coming to all your i would only get i would only get halfway through that game because uh ned flanders i've often been compared to from the same <laughs> oh i can't unsee that <laughs> <laughs> and uh, i quite like the old honor band thing of ned so i think if i was playing that game i just let myself yeah. i mean if you have to die you gotta die like yeah, i just man. i'd rather go like you know Power to the player ned dead redemption i love it man <laughs> yeah it's I love gonna it. be fun um and uh you like, keep i don't know if you're like actually making this a proper game but like keep mm-hmm. us up to date and let us know when you know oh yeah it's a tiny little pixely sprite based game so yeah for sure if i i, I probably will finish it because it's very important to finish projects when you start them. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to improve yeah. it all. <laughs> yeah, I know. I just put it on the shelf and let it e- collect dust. Yeah, easier said than done. So yeah, I will I will finish it eventually. Maybe not in the next week or two, but uh, hopefully in the next week or two. Nice. I'll Very let you good. know. Good, good. Do keep us up to date. I like that. NetHead Redemption. You heard it here first, guys. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to go through some housekeeping because I'm rubbish at housekeeping. I'm really bad at this. And, and this go this go show you how bad I am. Uh, when we did the last Games Club, which was Hogwarts Legacy, I was like giving people like a month in advance this was coming up. Uh, uh, next week is the Games Club. <laughs> Surprise! Surprise, <laughs> motherfuckers. Um, next week is Games Club. Uh, if you have been playing or want to play Advance Wars Reboot Camp 1 and 2, uh, give it a shot or get through some more of it because myself, Craig, and Colm will be sitting down uh, to give a full review on that. And we're also meeting up this weekend to do a couple of multiplayer battles just to get a full feel for the for the game. So I'm looking forward to that. That'll be fun. Um, 
Today, there's no post-show for our scheduling. Sorry for our, our post-show listeners, but you know, you, you, you get one next week. It's, don't worry about it. Like, it'll, be, it'll be fine. It's, everything's going to be okay. Uh, and then afterwards, we've also got... Oh, yeah, so for the post-shows, if you want to listen to them, you like the content you hear and you want to hear more of it, um, like we do uh, Would You Rathers, uh, I ask guys tricky questions. I put people on... I put things onto people without them knowing anything about it, see how they manage. So post-shows are pretty fun. If you want to listen to them, go to patreon.com forward slash the gift of gaming. And for the price of a coffee a month, you could be getting loads more bonus content and listen to the sultry sounds of all our voices. And it's well worth it. What else have we got on my list? No, that's it. I did it. Hey. Yeah, I did housekeeping. It. Yeah, job. housekeeping. It's done. It's done. So we're going to hop into the news, guys. And maybe it was a busy one. And it's funny because we had a list of like 11 or 12 news items that we were willing to talk about. And we've kind of shortened it down to about five. Yeah, it seemed like everyone was kind of like leaning towards different articles, too. So Yeah, yeah different yeah. tastes. Uh, the things we're not talking about today, uh, you know, and it, it's worth checking out, I think, or maybe not worth checking out at all, is uh, the Gollum game is awful. <laughs> Um, that's <laughs> I'd all you need to know about that. I forgotten about it. I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, there's my news. Is that game existed? <laughs> I saw uh, early pictures for that, and I was like, that's a really interesting art style for Gollum. I hate it, but I hope the game is good. <laughs> so now there's nothing in that game for me if it's a bad game. But we'll start off with our first um, news piece, uh, and this is coming. Uh, this is all about uh, discrimination payouts coming from uh, Riot Games and Activision Blizzard. So this is from IGN by Anthony Wood. This is dated May 5th. And just for all our listeners, uh, a lot of our, just to make the episode easy to listen to, we've kind of cut little bits and pieces from the articles. Uh, if you want to listen or watch or read, Jesus, darn, get together. If you want to read the full article, we'll leave the links to all the articles that we take from on our bios. Have a check out there. It's, it's all good stuff. So this is coming from IGN by Anthony Wood, dated May 5th. So over 1,500 Riot Games and hundreds of uh, Riot Games and hundreds of Activision Blizzard workers are receiving compensation after the companies settled lawsuits for gender discrimination, workplace harassment, and other serious grievances. As reported by Axios, the new details come by way of a court filing by Rust Consulting, which managed the settlement process on behalf of the claimants. Back in 2021, Riot Games settled a class action gender discrimination lawsuit, agreeing to pay former and current workers compensation from a pool of $100 million. According to this new filing, each of the 1,548 claimants will receive an initial payment Payment ranging from $2,500 to $5,000, with additional damages up to a cap of $40,000, also paid out depending on whether the worker was a contractor, full-time staff, and the length of time they spent at the company. Seven individuals have opted out of the settlement. Axis reports that the claimants who were found to have suffered from pregnancy discrimination, sexual harassment, retaliation, and constructive discharge during their time at the company were being paid five to six-figure settlements. Any money not distributed will be donated to the Reboot Representation Coalition, which is seeking to increase the number of black, Latina, and Native American women in the technology industry. The 2021 lawsuit came as Activision Blizzard grappled with a case brought by the California Department of Fair Employment and Housing, which saw claimants seek compensation for the company's alleged culture of discrimination and harassment. Litigation with the California Civil Rights Department is ongoing. <sighs> Why can't we just be nice? <laughs> just, just be nice, and you don't have to pay out millions. Yeah, no people. shit. And you know what? I, I imagine we're going to see like this is only the beginning. I think the whole like Blizzard stuff yep. paved the way, and now people are realizing is like, oh shit, I don't have to put up with this anymore. Yep. Like, you can take down these people. Yeah. So. so my question, uh, based on the article, is you know because the sad thing about the Blizzard one is the CEO. I can't remember the, the guy's name, but he's not meant. To, he's meant to be a very unpleasant fellow, and they can't really get rid of him. I can't think of his name, right. but he's kind of still on if the only board. Only another or, company could 
come in and buy them out and do whatever the fuck That's they want. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> My man. Gentlemen, calm yourselves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll okay. get to that yeah, news yeah, item, yeah, yeah. okay? <laughs> <laughs> but do you think do you think that this will create the wave of change in the industry? Um yeah, I I mean this is definitely going to be part of it. I think there's also like the reality is we just kind of have to let the old guard die out. Mm-hmm. A lot of antiquated antiquated like uh, views and opinions still roaming out there. there and I don't think it'll be as prevalent in younger generations. So it's sucks that we do have to go through with it and it's good that we can actually make things change now, but it's something we do have to wait out and I think will get phased out. Yeah. Yeah, only a matter of time. Let yeah. the let the children do better. Yeah, do better. The, kid, the kids yeah. will do better. Yeah. They, yeah, there's a lot of antiquated views out there. There's also a lot of like shitty current views around like women and women's place and like the workplace and stuff like that a la andrew what's his name the weirdo who was done for sex trafficking charges in romania andrew oh Tate. yeah yeah Yeah, that fella um yeah so there's a lot of like even the young generation do have their little pocket of misogyny yeah Yeah. Uh, um you know, I, I think it's fantastic. Like, just across the board. Misogyny? <laughs> no, not misogyny. <laughs> <laughs> Misandry. Hate men. Uh, no, I think it's I think it's uh, really great. Like, it's easy to... I think... And you'll see a lot of people in a lot of spaces point fingers at this and say that it's a virtue signal or it's a this or it's a that. But the bottom line is that there were, uh, and definitely still continue to be, um, a lot of women being treated unfairly because they are women. And the prevailing attitude, what they've had to do to keep their job for so long is to say, well, they're just boys being boys or they're just, you know, I'm a woman in gaming. What what should I expect? This is setting a precedent. Well, it's not just gaming, too. It's just the whole, like, you know, tech culture. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Tech even more broadly. Yeah. Um, But uh, this is great for loudly setting a precedent of. And it's great. I love that the article goes into specificities as to what they're claiming over and what what happened. So you had... um, uh, pregnancy discrimination, sexual harassment, uh, re- retaliation, constructive discharge during their time at the company. So it's not just like it's it's not just sexual harassment cases. It's it's like all parts of what like being a woman in the workplace yeah. is, and For factors sure. that you have to take I, I into just, account. Like, I imagine being like discriminating against pregnancy. She's like, oh my god, you're having kids. <laughs> just like, yeah, yeah. You'd Mental. be surprised, but it like it sneaks in there in a lot of ways. I like just, it's from so that shit crazy to it, me it feels totally backwards that that happens in 2023 but it's it's really tiny subtle like infrastructural things like not having rooms for um pregnant women who are or women who are breastfeeding like uh, rooms yeah. for pumping and stuff like that uh, really tiny little infrastructural changes just there's been no incentive to meet those uh claims like you kind of have not-for-profit groups working towards those ends and charities working towards those ends and that's wonderful but it's great to see some of the big dogs have their feet held to the coals and to be made to fork out and like and for this to be made really really public and, and it's it's a long time coming because i remember during the pandemic i used to go for for walks and i'd throw on podcasts like new you know, game podcasts and yep. stuff like that and listen to it and even back then in 29 you know, 2020 and stuff like that they mm-hmm. were talking about the blizzard stuff but like people's complaints were dating back for like five six years yep. previously yeah. in the workplace and i was like fuck it is about time that like they are being held accountable and there is like i think there was there's horrible things where you know that the guy's name who i can't remember who was probably a good thing you know 
don't want to give many publicity or whatever. Um, but like they even had like you know his room. They had a, like a name for like his office and stuff like that. All oh, that kind of. Really it was shady really too. shady. Like all that kind of bullshit. And I was like, you know, did I find it amazing? Because my workplace is fairly standard. Like it's it's not fucking. I'm not living in the ultimate utopian work place but it's not a piece of shit either and i just can't imagine that those kind of those kind of cultures could exist and do exist i'm just like I, mental way overdue for yeah. this kind of stuff it's yeah. nice to be received from it and it's easy to as we are all men it's easy to turn a blind eye to it as well and to yeah. just like because it's not our problem it's not it doesn't become our problem at any stage unless it's our partner suffering from it um or our parents or our sisters or mm-hmm. something like that um but not until then will our attention be brought to it um and it's great to shine a light on it and i would love to think that there are women out there working in gaming or in tech who felt like if they felt that they had to take this behavior and put up with this behavior before that they hear this and go hang the fuck on no <laughs> i yeah. don't mm-hmm. this is like clearly we don't have to put here's, up with this here's the groundwork i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna go and do the There's same real cultural precedent for change here's what happens if you don't like treat us as equal respectable humans in the workplace yep this is what's going to happen which is like that's the part that i i hate like that sentence alone is like you don't just treat us as as equal normal humans like god guys it's so just be kind just be kind (laughs) it's it's easy to reduce it down but uh, because to to the other side to the defenders of this they could seem like harmless jokes like oh we're just kidding and stuff lads but boys being boys boys lads 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 but if it gets to uh what they don't notice is like maybe the joke is so inappropriate and makes someone feel afraid or insecure in the workplace and it becomes a place that they hate going into every day but they have to because it's their job and they just feel like they have to put up with that shit and no like yeah that's why I only make fun of myself. <laughs> safe. Yeah. There's nothing safe like territory. like self. Actually, that's not true. I make fun of Darren all the time. <laughs> yeah, my my uh, my ego is the smallest it's ever been since I met Chris. Like you know, um, we'll go on to the next story. Chris, this is one that was uh, close to your heart. You put myself and Luke onto this one, uh, and this is about Street Fighter Six's ah, accessibility yes. options. Accessibility yep. options. I, I didn't even notice. Uh, no, this was a thing until I watched them. Um, I think it was actually like Maximilian Dude or something. He did a reaction to kind of like Street Fighter 6 showcase of like all the features and stuff. And Mm -hmm. one, they, I don't know why this grabbed my attention so much, but it was the accessibility options. And they had like, I've watched other videos where they turn everything up to max. And it's just because I've always imagined being like, if you were visually impaired, a video game is got to be just an absolute write-off like if you're talking about a shooter or even a platformer how on earth do you play it how do you play it there's no visual feedback so it can't even be that fun yeah but when i heard these sound options for street fighter like you just close your eyes for a bit and you're just like you know what this is kind of a game in itself like you hit these buttons you do a high attack you get audio feedback if you hit something you still get the hadoukens or the shoryukens yeah if you do the move right, you can hear the beeps increasing as you're getting closer. So, like, it was just kind of fun in my head. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, gaming has a real possibility in... Um, just being available to yeah. everybody. Because it, it's funny because it, it was like I was watching... the Because you, you put the YouTube video up where they had the, the sounds. And I'll go into it a bit more detail in the article in a second. But they had the, the sounds. And what I couldn't get over was the, like, the beeping increased when the two characters on the screen were closer to each other. So you, you knew you were in range. And the beeps changed if they were doing a high, lower, mid attack. And I watched the video and closed my eyes. And I was like, I am shit at this game. 
Like I am, <laughs> I am awful at this game. But it's amazing that like you could have someone who would play a game in that way and be yeah. an expert on it. And I love that. I love that. That's a capability. It was, it's a it's a thing that people can do. Yeah, and like it sounded like they could make a game out of it. Like it would be fun to to do that. Yeah. Whereas like a platformer or like even like I said a shooter just seems impossible but who knows, who knows? absolutely I, i'd say it's out there for everybody so, so this article has come from uh can i play that and it's by uh margin active bit and uh, this is also dated the 5th of may so for street fighter 6 developer capcom has worked together with epara to improve accessibility for sightless and low vision players among other things epara is known for organizing accessible esport events one such event is the shingan cpu a street fighter tournament exclusively for blind players which is Awesome. Wild, awesome, holy right? Holy man! Like I didn't realize all that was going on in the uh, accessibility community yeah. until I read this article. Because like we would, it's it's just we're blessed, we're so privileged that we don't have to worry about mm-hmm. any of those things. But I'm glad that these things exist, you know. Yeah. Um. So for Street Fighter Six, ePower was brought on board to evaluate and advise on the sound design to improve the accessibility there. Working together with blind players has resulted in a number of additional sound effects that are new to the Street Fighter series. These features are also demonstrated in a video showing two fighters moving towards and away from each other and performing several attacks. The new sound effects communicate several important bits of information such as the distance of the opponent uh, and the beeps of this effect are quite obvious in this video. The press release does not give a complete list of sound effects. Looking at as well available in the demo gives us the following more complete list. Distance to opponent sounds, cross-up attack hit symbol sounds, high mid-low attack hit symbol sounds, vitality and SA gauge amount notification sound, drive gauge notification sound and super art usage indicator effect. Aside from these sound effects, it also includes the timing of the narrator of stage and character selection. If the full game contains any additional menu narration, it is not yet clear. This is essential for blind players, but in the demo on PlayStation 5, this was not available in the menus. There's also a lot of volume settings for global categories like music, voice, and sound effects. And for sound effects that include the ones mentioned above, there's even more granular volume control in their own settings menu. This also includes volume settings for footsteps and clothing, for example. It's it's just mental to comprehend. Like... so the video that you showed, I was only... I, they didn't need to either. They no. didn't need to. And they're just like, you know what? We've given all of our longtime fans so much in this game. We're going to give a whole lot to all the other people that need, so they can like start Street Fighter and yeah. they can enjoy it too. But it was like... So I didn't... I'm like, I listened to those or listing off all the, the sounds that are available in that video. And the only... like I was closing my eyes watching that video and listening to it with headphones on. Trying to see, like, can I, you know, and the only thing I could focus on was the, was the beeping to let you know if you were close or yeah. far away. All those other sounds about, like, the gauge, the, the notification sounds when you're building up a damage, I was like, I can't focus on any of this. So, for me, when I think that there's people who are playing in tournaments well, that like has this, to do with our privilege, though. No, but that's, yeah. that's what I mean. But it's, it's incredible that, like, you know, well, it's, like, obviously, it'd be great if you didn't have any sort of impairment whatsoever, but I find it fascinating that people can play it with these sounds and play it to a, like a degree where you can compete in tournaments based off this level of accessibility. I'm just yeah. like, it's it, like it's wild that they can take, because I was trying my best to hear all the different bits and pieces, but just couldn't. I couldn't take them all in, whereas there are people out there who, who can, and that's how they play the game, and I find that absolutely astonishing. Pretty cool. Yep. Yeah, I like that one a lot. And like, it seems... Capcom with this game is just giving us everything. And not only did like the game looks great, they've done a whole lot of fan service. They've done these accessibility options. But have you heard about the Capcom Pro Tour? No. no. It's going to be primarily or maybe exclusively Street Fighter 6. 
and it's a two million dollar prize pool with first oh. place being one million. They're just like oh, fuck right. it. <laughs> I don't know if like something's going on at Capcom. And they hit a big red button. They went <laughs> full panic mode. They need this game to be a success, or they're just like they're fuck wrong, it. We just man. created the greatest game ever made. <laughs> yeah, and it just sounds like huge investment. That's crazy money for two million. A game. Yeah, yeah. That's that's for but one it's, fight. It's not even like an Evo where it's a huge tournament of different fighting games. Yeah. It is one fighting game. Yeah, that's and nice. it's it's you know they really are pumping this game because I mean it's it's a totally new way to go as Street Fighter in terms of that hub and you build your own character and everything like that. It's quite different to anything. That's oh come yeah, before the character us. customization is it's wild. It's I've seen some messed up <laughs> it's, it's some messed up uh, images yeah. that people can do, but it is it is cool to see that they are putting so much effort into it. I couldn't believe that when I was watching the PlayStation showcase that was on, which we'll go into that as well a little bit in a little bit, but. There was no, another trailer for Street Fighter Six. I was like, I've been watching new trailers for this yeah. for months now. They are really like they're they are, but it's they're obviously very very proud of what's about to be released for everybody. And unfortunately, I'm a Tekken guy when it comes to fighting games. I've I've no. Why can't you just be a fighting game guy though? Like I, I so so so, so hang on hang on. So I <laughs> when I say I know, I'm not, I, I know what it is. Darren hates blind people. That's <laughs> that's oh, what I was on it. You heard it here, which first. is why I made an audio <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I'm wow. fine. Yeah. entirely fucking. Oh my god! Job. Okay, here we go. This, now, we'll finally get some emails for this. Like you know, <laughs> this this is what we get the emails for. You know, um, no, but I think because I'm a big I'm a big fighting game fan. But for me, it's Tekken, uh, Smash Brothers. Uh, I play a little bit of Mortal Kombat, but I've always... I think everyone who play like any fanboy of any particular fighting game also plays Mortal, Mortal Kombat. Kombat. They've they, yeah. they've you know wet their wet their whistle with it. Yeah. But uh, Street Fighter has always been, and it might be just because when I was a good deal younger, has always been a tricky one for me to master. I find the timing from compared to, from that compared to the likes of Tekken to be totally different. What are you talking about? Tekken is like doing the uh, command yeah, in grabs with like King. Yeah. Like those it. things go on forever. Yeah, but I love it. But it, it, it to me, timing wise, it just feels smoother than a Street Fighter game. It's always oh, felt. Oh, okay. I, see. I think I think Tekken to me has always felt a lot more fluid than Street Fighter has. Blocky is not the correct phrase, but it's definitely um, not as fluid as more Tekken. of like a rock paper scissors type. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna have to take a quick swig of water before I drink this one because this is the long. And I've cut loads from this article, by the way. So bear with me. <laughs> but it's quite interesting. This is the EU approves Microsoft acquisition of Activision. So I'm just gonna take. Which I actually, <sighs> I thought this was the one we talked about last time where they denied it, and I got all confused. Of course, it's the UK that fucked things up. I should have yeah. known. Yeah. So th Should have known. This article is coming from uh, The Verge by Tom Warren, and this is dated May 15th. So, Microsoft's 68.7 billion deal to acquire Activision Blizzard has been approved by the EU regulators just weeks after UK regulators blocked the acquisition. The European Commission has concluded that the deal can pass thanks to commitments from Microsoft related to cloud gaming. The EU found that Microsoft would have no incentive to refuse to distribute Activision's games to Sony, and yep. that even if Microsoft did decide to withdraw Activision's games from the PlayStation, this would not significantly harm competition in the consoles market. But EU regulators, much like the UK, did find the acquisition could harm competition around the distribution of PC and console games through cloud gaming services. Interesting. The European Commission has identified remedies to allow for the deal to go ahead through 10-year licensing deals that Microsoft has offered to competitors. This includes a free license to consumers in EU countries that would allow them to stream via any cloud game streaming services of their choice. All current and future Activision Blizzard PC and console games that they have a license for as well. Cloud providers will also be offered a free license to stream these games in EU markets. 
These licenses are automatic and mean that consumers will have a right to stream Activision Blizzard games they've purchased or subscribed to on any cloud gaming streaming service of their choice and play them on any device using any operating system. It appears that the European Commission requested Microsoft uh, to offer this automatic license and the Xbox maker will now apply this globally. The EU's decision to approve this giant deal comes less than a month after UK regulators blocked Microsoft's plans. The UK's Competition and Markets Authority, the CMA, blocked the deal over cloud gaming market concerns, stating that the acquisition could lead to reduced innovation and less choice for UK gamers over the years to come. Microsoft is appealing the decision. Microsoft's appeal in the UK will likely take months before the process is complete. Today's EU decision may help boost Microsoft's chances of getting this giant deal over the line, but the company still faces battles in the US and uh, UK. Uh, regulators in Saudi Arabia, Brazil, Chile, Serbia, Japan and South Africa have also all approved the deal. China, South Korea, New Zealand and Australia are all still reviewing the deal. Microsoft's next big hurdle is regulatory scrutiny closer to home. The Federal Trade Commission sued to block Microsoft and Activision Blizzard's deal late last year, and the case is still in the document discovery stage. An evidentiary hearing is now scheduled for August 2nd, so we're still months away from knowing the outcome of that case. There's a lot going on for them. Yep, I mean, it's, it's hopeful. It's 70 billion, so it's not going to be an easy thing to uh, to work through. So you yeah. guys are still, you guys you guys want that you're on the, you're on team yeah. Xbox Take Absolutely. Activision. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, yeah. either way, yeah. end of the day, it doesn't really affect me because, I mean, I don't really game on console. Yeah. So, yeah. No. I'm still, yeah, I'm still very much in the camp of this deal going through. I have no problems with it. It's like an elevated way of playing the game that we're all on the console. Well, say for Nintendo, um, for what the two big console players were playing and yeah it's it's whatever i don't there was that interesting part in the article where sorry i'll scroll back to it now and um, so they said that uh these licenses are automatic and mean that the consumers will have right to stream so consumers will have right to stream activision blizzard games they've purchased or subscribed to on any cloud game streaming service of their choice and play them on any device using any operating that's system. what i'm wondering like because there's a, quite a handful of games out there that I've bought multiple times on mm -hmm. multiple different consoles. Yeah, is this like the end of days for that kind of system? That, like, if I buy, let's say one I bought multiple, Slay the Spire. If I own it on one console, would I be able to download and play it for free on any other console? Like, do I own the rights to play that game whenever and whenever I, think that's, I want? That's that's kind of an Xbox's end game. It seems, it? and we'll get into that in a minute in the next article as well, because we're going to talk about Phil Spencer and his recent interview with Kind of Funny X Cast. Yeah, really interesting stuff. But yeah, I think that's kind of the thrust of their strategy right now is to be like they say that they want Xbox. What is Xbox? It's not going to be like the consoles at the core of their brand. Again, we'll talk about this in a second, but they want, when people think of Xbox, they want them to think of, I think, uh, in my words, I think they want to think of Xbox more like people think of Steam now. Like, I think they want it to be the plate, their Seems hub for like it might be, Or games. even just a general media center. Yeah. See, I, I oh, always, yeah. I was considered, I'm just maybe wrong because I, I don't, I'm not in that infrastructure at all. But I always thought they just wanted it to be like the app that was on everything, like the Netflix. Like you get your smart TV, there's Xbox. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like it's it's no matter yeah. what you open, it's a downloadable app wherever you go. And if you have an account and you've downloaded the games, no matter where you are, you can play it. Yeah. But that being said, like <laughs> I've been bitten, but probably because of my own fault. My experience with cloud gaming isn't great. I own Stadia once upon a time. Yeah, that's, this is very true. <laughs> but I just don't know. So and we'll get into it because I, I want to kind of, uh, and it's not exact, exactly pit 
um, PlayStation versus Xbox. But in, in the next article, we're going to go through like the PlayStation showcase was just on and we had that Xbox Phil Spencer interview. And there seems to be kind of very t- two sides of the industry or, or they're playing very, two very different sides of the industry. And Xbox seems to put another eggs in the basket of that cloud service. Do you know what I mean? We want it to be available everywhere, anywhere. Do, is that will that infra- infrastructure? Do you guys think ever exist the way we want it to? It's hard to oh god, it's hard to say definitively, which sucks. But well, we need fully fiber networks. Yeah, and like, like that has to happen. And the in- physical infrastructure first. Yeah. 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 The interesting thing was one of the things that like really with that Stadia and people really struggled with with Stadia was over in the states. Like we're we're blessed here in Ireland that our internet plans are very affordable, like very very affordable. It's not mad at and unlimited, expensive. which is yeah. Once you hit the caps in like not just the states, Canada is very expensive for a fast unlimited internet plan. Yeah, and cool. and that's what I mean is that you know I understand that Xbox Games Pass is the cheapest option for you to play games mm-hmm. anywhere, anywhere, if. Yeah, you know if, what I mean? if cloud gaming works. If, yeah. and that's that's the big thing, whereas, and we, like I was having this discussion that I put back into physical. I don't think Games Pass, those aren't all cloud gaming, aren't they? Aren't Not they physically downloaded on your console? Not all, yeah, no, there, there are a few that are cloud gaming uh, oh. and you can yeah. like filter by streamable games. Oh. But what I mean to say is it, it's kind of the, the line and that's what, what they're saying is that's what everybody's worried about is that Xbox will have the potentially the monopoly on cloud gaming. And like, you know, me as a PlayStation fan and I don't hold anything against anybody, but kind of well-deserved because they put in the groundwork. They are the best one out there for it. The competitors like Stadia came in and crumbled and they're gone. So, I mean... If they have the monopoly, I believe they've worked for it. So, like, yeah. someone come up with something that is better value for me and I might entertain it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. definitely better than the Q Light. I mean, like, <laughs> if that's your biggest swing, then uh, yeah. So, it's, you know, I think for me, I just, like you said, the Xbox's end game with all this sounds amazing, but my worry for it mm-hmm. is that there's a massive if at the end of it. That this is all sounds amazing if everybody can afford to have super quick internet mm-hmm. and be able to cloud game right. off all these things. Well, and it's also if Xbox in general survives long enough, because we know it's not doing as well in the console war. So it does need these bigger IPs to at least generate revenue so they can build this. Yeah. Chris has given me the segue for our next piece. Our next. Oh, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I'm just, a, I'm a hand talk. No, 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 no. I mean, no, sorry. I'm not, oh I'm yeah. Just... I'm giving you the segue. I thought you were saying I was rushing you. Like, no, no, this article. <laughs> no, I love a good segue. Sorry, Luke, go, go for it. Yeah. Really quick yeah. before we move on, I would come back against the idea that Xbox is putting all of their eggs in the cloud gaming basket. That is one of a couple of baskets that they have on the go. And I think our focus is being drawn to that majorly because the case in the UK pivoted the main discussion points to be cloud gaming. All well, of a sudden, well, their acquisition of Activision Blizzard is really bad it, for the cloud gaming market. It wasn't until reading about that case that I even realized that they were uh, doing anything, to, like trying to push cloud gaming. I but didn't even know. But it's not even the UK. So the EU had no problem with any of it, with the exception of cloud gaming where Microsoft had to come back to them and agree to certain terms to get that over the line. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not just the UK that pointed it out. I think that that's kind of seems to be the worries. I mean, the, in, in the US, they're being sued for what would be, a, what did they say, a, an unfair advantage or whatever else in the cloud gaming spectrum. So, But again, it's like, I, I was very much against this at the beginning because I looked at it at purely from a, uh, uh, an asset perspective and that like you have, there's a cake and how many slices does everybody get of the cake? And if you buy Activision Blizzard, you have 
you know, 50% of the cake on top of everything else that you have. Because it's the biggest, the apps, I mean, 68.9 billion, like no, no other publisher, uh, creator, developer is going for anything near that kind of money. Like well, they, they have been buying a lot of sinking ships lately and <laughs> trying to um, bring I've, them back up. To really quick, before we move on to really yeah. quick, I'm trying to find it in the article, but I can't quite, maybe you could guide me to it, Darren. Oh no, here, uh, so uh, in the article at one point it says, the European Commission has identified remedies to allow for this deal to go ahead through 10-year licensing deals yeah. that Microsoft has offered to competitors. These include free licenses to consumers in EU countries that would allow them to stream via any cloud game service, blah, blah, blah. Uh, we talked about but that so, 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 But that part's very important because it says to, via any cloud gaming serv streaming service of their choice. Yeah. But 10 years from now, it might not be. 10 years, like, and, and that's my problem with it as a whole is that, oh, you can do it with like 10 years, next 10 years, do it wherever you want. And then you hit that point where it's like, oh, now, now you can't show your Netflix password. You know, now you're, now we want you to only ever use it on this platform. Yeah, but I mean, 10 years from now is also like, uh, it's a Nintendo lot. might have the most powerful console yeah. by then. Or, or like, or, <laughs> yeah. okay, yeah, Chris. Yeah. Or, or Call of Duty might not be something that anyone cares about in 10 years' time. Like their competitive advantage could be totally gone if they mishandle this opportunity in 10 years' time. But that's like way more generous of a licensing agreement than I ever thought you'd get out of this. Like Microsoft agreeing to a 10-year, a decade of like... Because the initial, the, quo. the initial stuff that they were kind of uh, tooting online was that they had offered Sony three years here and there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I think that's the important thing is that to 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 take all these and hoard all these IPs that are you know I suppose famously cross-platform, you know, like the Call of Duty and things like mm -hmm. the Call of Duty especially. I think the idea of hoarding that is what was making every seems to be what was making people nervous, you know, with the UK especially. So interestingly, I mean, I don't, if, if the whole worry is the cloud gaming um, competitiveness, I'm kind of saying, well, hang on, someone else needs to actually get in there to make it competitive. And as far as I'm concerned, it's just Microsoft. So, I mean, you guys go ahead. Uh, but it's the it's the licensing for those games that I worry about. Uh, I think we, I mean, Yumi had a, a discussion before about the fact that like, well, you know, Sony's got Square Enix and all these other Japanese IPs. And I've always felt that was more of a cultural thing. Like Sony is, you know, it's from Japan. That's always been in its, you know, before Xbox ever existed, that was always in its uh, library, essentially. Do you know what I mean? They weren't coming in and buying all those things up. They've kind of always been there. And Microsoft could never really push, just, just could never push into that market. Their audience was never too keen on that. And they're all, with the exception, I mean, Square, Square Enix isn't, um, is known by PlayStation or anything like that, but they tend to have good deals with Sony and et cetera, et cetera. So I think the idea of some of the biggest IPs being taken away from people after 10 years, I mean, after 10 years is good. You yeah. could have changed, you know, you could renew. I don't know what the deals they have, Mike, but. I'm going to tell you exactly what's going to happen in 10 years. Oh, here we go. Switch, and, Switch is most yeah. powerful console and. In, no, in 10 years, you're going to have to download an Xbox app on your PS7 to play Call of Duty. <laughs> <laughs> Just to see that, that, that green Xbox yeah. logo on my, play, on my yeah. super uh, PlayStation yeah. UI. <laughs> PlayStation 7. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, could be. That's a, that's a weird one, though. I don't, I don't know if I'd ever call it 7. I'd probably call it. Like I, it's weird. Six, five. This is such a stupid thing I'm gonna say, but PlayStation Five sounds great. PlayStation Six doesn't do a whole lot for me. Well, as a name, their naming scheme has been pretty consistent. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't think it's gonna change. PlayStation yeah. One through Five. So this is this next news article is a bit. We're kind of this is more of a of an open debate. I've kind of stuck two stories together that happened in May that I think are important in the console. I hate to say war because I don't like the idea of everybody from the same community being pitted against each other. So let's say the 
console debate per se. So there was an interview with kind of funny games. They have a show called Xcast where they just talk about Xbox games and they got Phil Spencer, CEO of Xbox, onto the show to discuss kind of recent things that had happened. Redfall had come out. It was very poorly received. It was one of their big exclusives, supposedly. And up to this point, there'd been so many cutoff dates from their showcase in 2022. And the showcase in 2022 based itself, like at the start of that showcase, it was like everything you see here will be available in the next 12 months. That was kind of their whole jam. And so many things crossed that line of like, well, that's not, that's not going to make it. That's not going to make it and so on and so forth. But interestingly enough about that interview and i've listened to i'm a big fan of the kind of funny guys and they actually had a they did an episode the day after saying they were very surprised how that interview went they kind of thought they were going to have a bit of tongue-in-cheek laugh with the ceo of xbox but he was very candid very open very accepting of choking like a champ oh my god yeah and like some of the stuff he was saying just like yeah i mean these companies have a proven track record at making these games, like the specific game, and they do it very well. But if they come to me and they say they want to try something new, I'm not going to say no. I'm going to let them be yeah. creative and, you know, try to develop something out of their comfort zone. And I was just like, man, this guy is actually probably a great fucking Boss. bloke to work for. Yeah, yeah he seems to he seems to have a great attitude to that. Like he in that particularly in the article, he was responding to community feedback that arcane releasing redfall they're stepping outside of their comfort zone in a way that they weren't capable of doing Mm. and he says he just doesn't believe that he doesn't believe that any studio should be pigeonholed if they want to if rare wants to make everwild let them fucking make everwild um and if arcane wants to make redfall let them make redfall let the creative people be creative and they're there to like lift up game studios and like help them to do their best work um i've had a bit of a glimpse of of that knowing someone who worked at rare over the years and seeing how i remember hearing about everwild a while ago um and him talking about there's a few projects on the go at rare at the moment like Mm. behind the scenes that that oh luke's got the luke's got the deep dish (laughs) yeah which i'm definitely not going to talk about because i'd be bold um but uh yeah it seems like xbox have in the past and he touched on this in the article as well um that he wished that they were better at... Let's see my notes somewhere. Oh, yeah. They, they, he says that they need to improve on engaging with games that are already in production when acquired by Xbox. So yeah. a lot of the time, one of the things Microsoft has done terribly in the past, which he's owning a bit here, which is great, is they'll acquire a studio. Oh, and then just been like hands off with what they've been doing? Just te- basically guide them away from the projects that are way further back in development. They're like, okay, okay, that's all well and good but we acquired you. We need you to prove your worth to us. Get your most far progressed game over the line. We'll give you the resources, funnel everything into that. We need a produced game. Go, go, go. Um, But then again, like like I said, the tiny little bit of insight I got from a place like Rare, seeing on the inside like how Sea of Thieves was the all hands on deck. Pardon the pun. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) For getting that out and finished and then filled with content. And when the last part of that plan started to come into practice, they really started to uh, branch out in a lot of different directions with a lot of different project ideas, one of them being Everwild. Um, and yeah, so it's, it seems like, I love Phil Spencer's attitude in this interview. He's a great PR man as well. Like he really does, 
a good job of making you like making you feel the, sorry for him. One of the things he said, which I thought was wild as well, I like, talk about putting yourself on the, you know, talk about putting the noose around your own neck. Uh, funny enough, I think they talked about how a lot of people on Twitter were calling for his resignation, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. He was like, I get this. I'm really overpaid for what I do. <laughs> yeah, oh my I was God. like, <laughs> you're a brave man, Phil. Yeah. Like, you know? So the reason I wanted to bring uh, this up was, and you kind of touched on it about... He's Adrian. probably, you know what? You could probably get away with it because he's probably that one, like, ray of hope in the company. It's oh, big like, time. Hey, there's so many people that are probably just stressed out and he's just like, man, relax. And you could so see by his attitude, it's like, you know, yeah. uh, that's what I like. And that's what I thought was amazing about the interview was that you've just had uh, a game that you thought was going to be marking up in the maybe high 70s, 80s, and it's getting dumped down in the 60s. And like the very next day, you're on a podcast fully transparent and open about all the failures that have happened here. And I was like, you know, I don't really think in the industry at that level, I've seen anybody come out and be like, we got it wrong. This sucks. We're sorry type thing, you know, in, in such a in such an open way. But one of the things he said it, that I thought was really interesting, which is why I wanted to kind of um, bring in the PlayStation showcase on top of this, just so we could have a quick like Xbox PlayStation discussion and where they're at at the minute. Mm-hmm. One of his quotes was really interesting. And you touched upon it earlier, Chris, saying that they need IPs. And this was what he said um, during the interview. Um, And he said, I see it out there. I see commentary that if you just build great games, everything would turn around. It's just not true that if we go off and build great games, all of a sudden you're going to see console console share shift share shift in some dramatic way. We lost the worst generation to lose in the Xbox One generation where everybody built their digital library of games. This idea that if we just focus more on great games on our consoles, that somehow we're going to win the console race. I think uh, I think that doesn't relate to the reality of most people. So. I am in agreement with that. That doesn't mean he'll win the con- the console race, but I find it astonishing. I was this like I kind of blew me away when I was listening to the CEO of Xbox saying, "We're not just going to go and build great games." I'm like, "Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't that be your?" Because they have other plans, man. And I just like I, I now I'm just curious, like, <laughs> what are these plans? <laughs> yeah. they're engaging with the industry on a meta level. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, we're too busy trying to buy Activision to make games. But it's like so, and this is what I, you know, and and if, funny enough, I don't know if you guys watched the PlayStation Showcase. We'll get onto that and the announcements that were were in it. Uh, I loved it. A lot of people said it was very disappointing. Um, but what I thought was yeah, very was interesting, right. I watched it. Yeah, I mean, it, the people said it was very much like a state of play. It wasn't really a showcase of like great because there was no, there was nothing apart from like the Metal Gear Solid Three remake and stuff. There was no big announcements. But I looked through the list of everything that came out on that, and it was exclusive to PS Five, and then coming later to PSV, uh, PC, exclusive to PS Four, PS Five, exclusive to PlayStation, PlayStation VR Two. It just like it just belongs to us, and they all. I mean, some of them were good, some of them were were bad. There's a good fair of cross platform no there was there was plenty of them mentioned yeah. don't get me wrong but, but there what was I mean a to lot, say is, right. but that doesn't exist in the xbox environment and yet y'all have such a big problem with us getting activision blizzard oh you can't have an exclusive <laughs> company hey man, no, 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 no. it doesn't matter so, to me anything that goes to xbox goes to steam too i, I think anything right maybe ten, maybe for, not for the next 10 years things. after 10 years chris it's over for you no no so look again it's not it's not that i have so my big thing about gaming is that cross-platform gaming across third-party video games whatever is a no-brainer and it should have existed for the past five years easy peasy people should just be able to play all the same game across all the different consoles and just have fun with their mates that should exist and i think that uh, a group like where you have Call of Duty, one of the biggest multiplayer games in the world, being owned by a, sing- a singular company, and potentially, we don't know, but potentially after the, your 10-year license or however this deal is agreed at the end of, of it all, that being taken away, to me, seems counterproductive to this whole idea of that everybody 
play together no matter what you're um, set up on. That's where I worry about it. But it's just interesting that... Cause I think, if anything, Xbox owning that game, that IP, it's more likely to be an all-inclusive um, experience. I think they're way more likely to push for cross-platform Call of Duty than PlayStation ever would. So what's interesting about that is, but that's what I mean is about interesting, is that in terms of licensing for certain titles, and that's like we had in the news report, that the EU is making them agree, which meant that they're possibly in their plan. I, I don't know, this is all this is all speculation, it's all hearsay, this is how I read it, is that in their plan, did they, were they planning to license it out at all to the likes of Sony and other places? Did they have to make this agreement in order for it to pass through? You know, so that's where I just kind of wonder like, well, what's, we don't know what's going on. We won't know until the deal's made and the Xbox makes a decision, but you're right. I can't see, it's I mean, financially, made, it'd be bonkers not to give it out to everybody. Yeah, the and beginning. they made, I think Minecraft is still like the number one selling game of all time, isn't it? Across all, uh, that or GTA 5. Yeah, I and think, they yeah. made that not only cross, or not only like multi-platform, but true cross-platform. Yeah. Like anyone on, even on your mobile, you can play with someone on PlayStation. Mm -hmm. To go back to the interview itself, one of the quotes that I wrote down from Phil was, we want Xbox to feel like you can play game, play the games you want on the device you want with whoever you want. That's the <laughs> Xbox future. That's, that's what, that's, Transparent. That's clear as day. But no, 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 no. Yeah, but that. So anybody can say anything. The future is green. You know. So anybody. <laughs> so yeah. But anybody can say anything in an interview or anything like that. Doesn't mean that's it's going to come true. true. So like we were told in the showcase in 2022 that every game you see here will be available to you in 12 months. That hasn't happened. Do you know what I mean? You you can say anything. We we're you also want. told Redfall is going to be a good game. Yeah. That. <laughs> so that's so that's yeah. just right. Whereas like you know when you look at PlayStation, they're just delivering exclusive games that are and like look, I know I'm coming from the side of PlayStation, but what I what I'm getting at here is that I just think it's incredible to think that the CEO of Xbox who had great consoles and great IPs in the past the likes of like Halo was huge to say that they're not like why would we build great games I'm like it just blows me away that I'm like that's a stock price crasher if ever I heard one like you know it's and and that's where I kind of worry a little bit for where Xbox is going because now their only IP due out this year exclusive IP is Starfield and I would hate to be the developer's at Bethesda making Starfield for Xbox. The amount of pressure. Sweating. Yeah. <laughs> Todd oh Howard. Oh like my that God. Key and Peel episode. Todd, Todd, yeah, just sweating. Todd Howard really believes in that game as well. I really hope it's good yeah. just for his sake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so like that's... For his and, mental health. And, you know, and, and I think he said into you like, oh, people won't want to hear this, you know, but we don't believe that that's part of the Xbox path you know and i was yeah. like okay cool so they have a path but they've been talking about having a path since well before this new generation and mm -hmm. that path still to me as a maybe because i'm not an xbox player but that path still to me isn't clear i don't really I, know what xbox is trying to do right now i kind of uh, it's always made perfect sense to me since game pass has been <laughs> out it's made perfect sense to me i pay 12 euro a month and i can choose from any one of like three four hundred games every time they're but, amazing quality there's a million different indies baked in there i have so much fun playing video games every month and i have for years for pits. but that's so this is that's the thing. it that's no the thing. but that's not like and and if that was a thing and if that was it you'd have everybody rushing like i don't get why you're not but it's like it's like me going on to it's like me going on to netflix to watch something and i'm like well yeah. fuck, i'm done i'm not gonna watch anything because it's like there's lots of there's lots of just trash on here and i'm not saying this that the, the games pass um selection is trash it's wrong of me to say but you showed it to me and you were like hey here's how because you, you were living with me for a while and you showed me how the xbox the, the ui and here's games pass and you scroll down through the library and mm -hmm. nothing stuck out to me like not a single thing was me to, to said to me that I was like oh i need 
I need to get on Games Pass. And that's where I yeah, worry for them. You'll buy a collector's edition for a franchise that has had a shitty track record. Because this one, because this one looks good. <laughs> no, but, but but at the same time, it has a shitty track record. But look what they've done recently. Fifteen was a mess from start to finish. But Final Fantasy VII remake, amazing. Final Fantasy fourteen start to finish through all the DLCs, amazing. Final Fantasy sixteen, these now reviews once it lost its embargo, everybody's very so. I bought it. An educated guess, Chris. I'm just saying, know? like we all have our like franchises we love. Yes, yeah, but, yeah. but yeah, what I mean, I, like I, it, I understand what Luke's saying. Can I? Like, can I just look a little? Can I? Would you mind if I added a bit more to my? Of course, yeah, 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 yeah fire away. I'd fans. love you to look. <laughs> it it started before Games Pass. To be perfectly honest, it started back with Xbox Live Arcade on the Xbox 360. They started Xbox just went really ham, and I think it was Phil Spencer that was leading this charge at the time. Went really hardcore on indie games on the Xbox. They were like indie games. They they just made a big stance that indie games meant a lot to them. Now that's like huge. That it's huge. It's not it. The the fruits of that strategy won't be obvious i think but i've watched that since they first started doing that they first started investing heavily in like the super meat boy was one of their ones that they were just like trying to get it out there and get it everywhere they're just trying to put like kind of the indie devs up there give them a platform to release they made it as easy as possible as they could to release there was a dublin based studio pewter games that released their stuff on xbox live arcade that was a apparently a fantastic experience for them Mm. this was back in like 2006 or whatever yep and so when it gets to Game Pass now, I get that you look at the list and you don't see a bunch of titles that appeal to your eye. But what I do is I look at the list and I go, well, like, I, I love video games, no matter what fucking shape or size they come in. I look at that list and I go, what am I missing? Like, what, what's you, you, uh, Homestead Arcana was a great example. Recently. So many bangers. There's, uh, there can, yeah, there's a lot of sleepers. Uh, Homestead Arcana is a great example of one that didn't hit for me, but I had a fucking great time like like so, so listen i i love that xbox you know we can say is maybe supporting the indie game thing and and, and it's and I, this isn't me being anti like oh xbox is crap i'm just worried for xbox because the majority of video game players mm-hmm. are waiting for the gods of war the the horizons the final fantasies like those big triple a hitters that and like like so interesting enough and it was you know the playstation showcase ended with a really long trailer for a big section of spider-man 2 that release trailer has had like tens of millions of views of just the Spider-Man section of it because that's what like the majority of gamers are looking for. Like mm-hmm. big name like Spider-Man, like and Insomniac Games who made an, an incredible first Spider-Man game, and then now they're making the second one. That's that's what everybody's rushing to, and like the evidence exists for if you make great games, people will buy your shit. Yeah. And for for yeah. Phil to come out and say, why would we build great games? That's where I'm like. I, like that's where I just think it's just so wild. It's like it's so yeah. obvious as to why you why you wouldn't. And like Halo, man, I was so sad to see that Halo, the, the most recent, was it Infinite? What would they call the yeah, most recent? I, I was so sad that that wasn't well received because my only real experience with Xbox would have been Luke back in yours with our with Kev playing yeah, uh, playing Halo through, and I loved that game. And they had every I believe everything in their in their arsenal to make an incredible Halo game. Had they really? It's like when I see things like Redfall, when I see things like Halo, I'm like, are you really into? Do you really want to make a good AAA game? Because these aren't really hitting. And like Halo, I think it should have been easier for them to make a really good Halo. You know? Yeah. No, I agree. I I honestly like. I think your point is like super valid. It does. It. it I don't totally agree with Phil Spencer that I think it is the case that like you drop bangers like tears of the kingdom people kind of go 
like maybe afford a switch like this people are going crazy for this i like video games like this this looks great i want to be a part of this movement yeah and yeah it is reflected in like the view counts on like the spider-man trailer and people like holding these up as beautiful pieces of art really polished games and i love that uh, playstation does that well if i could give a bit of a more slightly cynical take of course on uh, like uh, and i'm in the xbox camp but this is going to be a kind of a cynical take of what on what maybe a bit of a bit too meta of a take on what phil was trying to do here we just talked about the merger is trying to go through with Activision Blizzard at the moment. It behooves Phil to downplay what Xbox are doing and are capable of and where they're at at the moment. For him to publicly downplay their stake and their potential and their potency in the gaming industry will help the case of getting Activision Blizzard over the line a lot easier. I know that's a super cynical take, but I think it's but, all a game. No, but it's but see, and like this is where I this is where I don't know if part of it's all a game because everything that he said was true. What I liked about that interview, and especially the guy uh, Paris who was on that interview, and like people should yeah. really check out that interview. It's 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 mental to see a CEO of such a big company coming out and being so candid with people yeah. and like looking very much depressed. Like he's like he is not having he's a good week when he comes on. But Paris, who's um, he's one of the interviewers on that show, he's a big part of the xbox gaming community and he was like you haven't delivered on so you're always like you know you have attempted to deliver and he like phil even interrupts and says no no no, we, we haven't yeah. so like i know what you're saying in terms of downplaying but nothing he said was false like you know everything that he said was true redfall was a bad game all these things that were showcased in 2022 didn't deliver haven't delivered we've heard nothing and we should have and and now everything's about because the excitement for people i think about video games nowadays is the big triple a i noticed yeah. i noticed a whole camp out there that love indie games i'm an indie game player very occasionally i'm not looking for the next big indie hit that's mm -hmm. just me but i think i'm in the camp of i would say the majority of gamers looking for the next big ip you know, Chris is looking at me and being like, I've never bought a AAA apart from fucking, <laughs> what did you just buy? Street Fighter 6, yeah. yeah. But I think that's the majority of gamers at the minute are looking for like the big IP with the big name, the God of War Ragnarok. The, mm -hmm. And you look at the Zelda stuff. The Zeldas that like, are guaranteed to be came of gamers are looking for... Good games? <laughs> no, no, just like online competitive experience. I think that's where most of the gamers... It's funny because we're coming out... Of League of Legends, that's the single most played game out there mm -hmm. competitively and it's yeah. just not just competitively like yeah, there's numbers like 10, across the board, yeah. 10 to 12 million active players a day playing one game mm -hmm. it's a wonderful safe self-hatred simulator yeah just, my um, god just people just striving for that money over yeah. and over again yeah so it's, yeah but but there's, there's but, but I, I, it's just i and i'll i'll move on after this because it's <laughs> you know because i could go around in circles but Xbox and their infrastructure and the fact that they own like the game, like the likes of Bethesda and things like yep. that now, they are armed and have the resources, I believe, to make incredible exclusive games. And I shouldn't be promoting this because they're games that I would miss out on if they, they did start doing that. Exclusive games though, I don't think. But what I Okay, so maybe well, see this is the thing, maybe they don't want to, but that's what I mean. Is I'm starting to think they should, because I, I believe personally that Xbox are really falling behind, even Nintendo at this stage. Like, to me, when I think of, like, who's really performing, and especially in this generation, and I know Switch isn't really considered this part because it's still the Switch, but to me, it's it's PlayStation, Nintendo, Xbox. Like, and that's, to me, is an easy call. And that's not me because I'm a, a PlayStation team member and I love PlayStation, but I look at it and look what's out there and I have to say to myself, well, PlayStation have to be winning that. Like, the other you know? thing, too, is, like, Xbox has kind of, like, wedged itself into actual pc gaming like you i i could sign up for game pass yes. myself and yeah. just play it through windows right? but this is so. what i mean is that you you could have done that you can do that have you ever no i still have hopes of jumping back to linux like i'm a different breed 
<laughs> I'm a different breed of PC gamer. I love Linux. I just, uh, the, something's got to be done about the easy anti cheat. I haven't even paid for a Windows license, so I have a permanent watermark at the bottom. It's like, not an official. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like, please activate Windows. And I'm just like, never. never. I ain't paying you, you shit. You can't like, do anything. <laughs> but it's just, it's just interesting that at this stage, and it was funny because the start of the month was um, bracketed by this interview, and the end of the month was bracketed by, or close bracketed by this PlayStation showcase where they were the ones that got to announce the Metal Gear Solid 3 remake. They had Final Fantasy 16. I mean, if I go through like their exclusives, Spider-Man 2, and all the VR games, I'm going to go through them. I don't think they're too much to talk about. Street Fighter 6 again was in there. It's yeah. Um, what have we got here? Towers of Akashpa. If you saw it, it looked, I thought that looked oh, incredible. Oh, that looked kind of cool. Yeah, actually, it looked really yeah. good. The Metal Gear Solid collection has only been announced for PlayStation. I don't know if Switch or this, Xbox are getting this. This is the one I thought was crazy. I like because I was like, "Oh man, what is going to be the ultimate announcement here?" And I was just like, "Spider-Man, really?" But so why wasn't that Metal Gear? Like that should have been Metal but, Gear but remake. You, you and me are on the same page. I thought the biggest announcement in that was Metal Gear, but there's a huge amount of people that have been dying for my brother included are dying for Spider-Man. Yeah, Spider-Man really? one hit really hard with Did a lot it? of people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It so, popped off in sales and reception. Yeah, I have Spider Spider Man was a huge game, huge game. So I we've got, played it, but I know it was. Yeah. Okay. So we got Fair Game, PlayStation Five, Hell Divers, PlayStation, uh, Phantom Blade Zero. Hell Divers was a weird one because you guys like it's a game I've never even fucking heard of it before, and you guys recently started playing a bunch the first of one. it. Yeah, yeah. And now all of a sudden there's a Hell Divers two. Yeah. Like, yeah. And then they had this other one called uh, Phantom Blade Zero and uh, Sword of the Sea, which is the successor to Journey is a PlayStation exclusive. Oh, is that in Unibrew? That's a successor? Yeah, yeah, from the makers of... Um, they did Abzu as well, didn't they? Journey, Abzu, all those. Yes, they yes. did Abzu, yeah. yeah. but like that... And Journey's an incredible game. That's exclusive to PlayStation. And that's a big yeah. deal because Journey was a big deal. Like, Journey for a lot of people was a big deal. And that's what I mean is like, PlayStation's able to do this. And to me, it's so successful that I look at Xbox, you've got the capabilities, and I'm, I'm wondering, why aren't you? Like, why aren't you making games that, that that would make me sit there in my house with my PlayStation being like, well, Dream, maybe I'll get an Xbox. Journey you know? was a fun game, but it's not a, it doesn't draw a crowd. Like nobody bought a PlayStation so they could play Journey. Like, no, you but, literally yeah, beat it in 45 minutes. Journey was, was available for everything friends. though, wasn't it? When yep. it first came out? But there was a PlayStation exclusive. Yeah, it still yeah. is a PlayStation oh, exclusive. There you go. Um, yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, Xbox have very few console exclusives. Like they have Halo. And that's on Xbox Red, and Redfall. And they gave up on, well, Redfall was day one release on PC to, or on Steam. So okay. I should distinguish between. I guess exclusive. anything that's going to go to Xbox is going to go to Steam as well because Xbox is now also on it's PC. Integrated in that, so yeah. it's just yeah. like, why not sell it on Steam yeah. as well? Any device, any OS. Any screen. It's the future, man. That's what they want. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't think so. I don't think so. And it's funny because I like I mean, you say Games Pass and everything like that. I think it's a wonderful <laughs> idea. But it's like I thought I think Netflix is a wonderful idea, but I go into Netflix and I say, There's something I really want to watch on this and I have the exact same opinion about Games Pass, like you showed it to me. And there's been times where I've literally gone online to be like, What's in the Games Pass library right now? And I'm like, mm. The thing's like, I do want to play. I can purchase myself. Don't get me wrong. It's going to cost me more money in the long term. But it's already available on my um, the console that I have. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it comes on a great offer. Sometimes it's free of a month, but there's no way to tell and all that kind of stuff. And then at the same time, I can get my God of Wars, my Horizons, my Final Fantasies, my Spider-Mans, my, you know, all th those things that I think are some of the biggest games. I think if you were to look at, you know, the games that are winning Game of the Year recently, 
well, like, Elden Ring was the exception, I guess, but like Zelda, you know, was a, a an exclusive, you know, and I think the Final Fantasy VII remake was up there against it as well. Didn't win, but should I think should have won, and that was an exclusive as well. Like, there, there's some of the biggest games in the industry are the exclusives to certain. I do, I do get that argument. I just don't look, I don't look at games like that. Like, I'm really not excited about the next God of War. I'm really not excited about the new Horizon game. None of those things excite me. One of the most in- exciting video game experiences that I came across in the last week is a game called Fear and Hunger. Have you heard of Fear and Hunger? Absolutely horrifying game. You can only get it on Steam. It can only run 32-bit. So you have to have a system that can run 32-bit games. And Shit. it was mo- one of the most <laughs> intense, horrifying, fearful experiences. It's a little 8-bit RPG game. Those are the games that I love. Don't like anything that where people have an idea of how to use the medium of games to tell a story under tales and other but, games. But, but you, you just you just made the point there though, and this is what I mean about like you said, and I, I don't understand the technological sides of this, but like you said, you must have a system that can run thirty two bit. Yeah. You're already not it's it's not for everybody. I do think, you know what I mean? I think you're missing my point. The point is I don't like the the games that I care about most frequently appear like those kind of games those indie games like yeah. i talked about like starting in 2006 with the xbox live arcade yeah, yeah i can find so many of those that i've heard just like loads and loads of lore about like if i'd never played subnautica the subnautica games on it that's how i played subnautica that's how i discovered outer wilds my favorite game of all time yeah true it's all through game pass a subscription service that's just passively that i passively pay for and i just go on and who knows i could just discover my next favorite game of all time. I discovered my favorite game of all time in the last like three years. It's like a better gaming experience than I had with Pokemon when I was a kid and with Final Fantasy when I was a kid. I'm still discovering new experiences like that all the time just by having like this library of games that are creative and beautiful and exciting and I just want to dive in and I have a a next up queue that stretches back and every one of the games in that queue I'm super excited for. And it's great. It's a really lovely gaming experience. I have, honestly, that's what it comes down to for me. I don't pay a lot of money. I get fucking hours of pure fun and joy and entertainment from it. I don't see what the problem with that approach is. No, no, I know. I don't. I've never said there's a problem with that approach. But what I mean to say is for, and again, this is the crux of my argument, for the CEO of a company to come out and say, we don't believe that creating good games is a good idea for a gaming console I think that's madness. I just, I think Xbox Games Pass is great, but for them to say to themselves, you know what? We don't think creating good games is a good idea. And it's almost said, like that's what I mean, it was almost said in a way, it was like, we don't believe that works. And for, I kind of- Yeah, for making I, people come to consoles. Yeah, right? and I'm looking at, like look at the amount of people that probably bought a, a Switch to play Breath of the Wild and who now bought a Switch to play Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom. You, you, you know, because, and now Switch is different. It's a more affordable bracket, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But- I think it pulls a certain amount and I think it's, I don't know, I think it's just important for, because that's the thing is I've never been pulled to Xbox and I want to be pulled to Xbox. I'd love for Xbox, like if Kingdom Hearts 4 came to Xbox exclusively, <laughs> I'd buy, the I, shit. We, I'd buy we, an Xbox. We all have that one game that like if they announce like a Bloodborne 2 on and PlayStation, it was, <laughs> and yeah, like, on fuck, well here like... I go. <laughs> <laughs> they got me. <laughs> yeah, we're deep enough in the industry. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well I guess I guess we'll we'll finish up our news episode there because we're, we're we are rolling on. But guys, it's been so good. Thank you very much for the little debate there at the end. I, I yeah, love it. I appreciate really, it. Really I, I was good. Who knows? We're just talking shit. We don't know what we're talking about. We don't know. We don't no, know. Yeah, we're we, not professionals. <laughs> yeah, don't take our we're word. We're professional. 
um, game players. Oh, I guess no, we're not even professionals. We're just like, we are <laughs> we're hobbyists. hobbyists. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I hope you enjoyed this hobbyist conversation. <laughs> uh, yes, this has been the uh, Gifted Gaming Podcast. Uh, Chris, Luke, thank you so much for joining me again. Check out our extra content on patreon.com forward slash gifted gaming if you want to get involved in the conversation you can hit us up at our email at the gifted gaming podcast at gmail.com and to all our listeners thanks for sticking around and keep enjoying the gift that is gaming peace out See you. Ciao, ciao.